When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Monday's Terrace Podcast, I'm Graham Thillis. It's been a somewhat busy weekend, I think it's fair to say. Uh, so today I'm joined by Craig Anderson. Hello. And I'm joined by Andy Harrell. Hello. And so with the, the three of us, we are absolutely ripe to, and uh, exactly the right people to discuss a cup final which featured neither of our teams, <laughs> um, and uh, the weekend's premiership action, which I think some of us will be quite happy to talk about, others possibly less. So... Before we go on to anything, um, we will have a, a quick round of hotties or notties and discuss the things which are hot in the streets and the stuff which is frozen like the rest of the country is at the moment. So who's got one for me? Um, my hottie is Christmas songs. Uh, I really like Christmas songs. I think like like people can say they don't like them and it's because you like hear like the same ones over and over again. But see, when you hear like new, or, like the, there, is a, there is a really good collection of Christmas songs mm. out there, and they're just they're just the right like as long as you get the ones that are the right level of cynical, they're not like completely you know commercially. They're just it's good. Um, so I've I've been thoroughly enjoying. I do have a personal rule about not starting till the first of December. So I've been kind of the last week or so been um, interspersing it with my regular musical listening, and it's yeah, it's been it's been good fun. Well, I actually have a, a Spotify playlist uh, which was put together by one of my very good friends who did a, a Christmas songs you won't hate playlist which is a whole lot of bands I've never heard of doing Christmas songs that I also don't know, um, which is always very pleasant to listen to when you get a bit too much wham in your life. Yeah, I, I we were talking about it uh, the other day, about uh, number one, like the, you kind of add, maybe I'm just too old now to remember the, or to hear about the number ones, I have no idea whether that's still a thing, but I remember when you were younger and stuff and having to like, there was a whole big countdown to who was going to be Christmas number one and whether it was going to be, Chocolate salty balls, or whatever it was, mm. to become one or whatever. Um, 
I think uh, the last one that I probably remember that was the the year was it Darkness and Mad World went yeah. up against yeah. each other. I, mean, I think that that Darkness yeah, one's a kind of underrated Christmas, Christmas song. Like, I don't, it's not had the pop that the the other classics have had, but I think it's a pretty as it goes. It's that kind of way that it's like a proper song. But also Christmassy. Uh, the last one I remember was when uh, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, 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 yeah actually, it was, yeah. Uh, the last time I cared about it actually yeah. because it was it was it was funny. Who uh, who were they up against? That was the X Factor. It was uh, Joe 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 McKeldry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they, they yeah. played because uh, he'd never held the Rage Against the Machine. They played it to him <laughs> on the radio, and he's like. Why would anyone ever do that? Why would, <laughs> why would anyone make that much noise and be? Like, it sounds really angry. Mm. Good. Yeah, good, yeah, good, good. good. Uh, speaking of very angry, uh, my hottie is uh, VAR. Um, as we once again see that VAR is only really there if it benefits you. Uh, Stephen Gerrard was highlighting that the SPFL and Scottish football, as we know, does not have VAR in it, and he's not totally for it. He thinks it would have been useful at the weekend. That, that one particular uh, <laughs> on that single incident which affected him <laughs> might, in some way, have been useful to have had VAR for him. So, yeah, really good, really good to see that VAR remains forefront in everyone's mind. Um, I actually stole. I'm still this entirely from a pal who suggested that instead of having VAR uh, judging on the rules of the game. What VAR should instead be used is to uh, enforce the spirit of the game. So, for example, if a player is standing vaguely in the, the area of a goalkeeper but he's offside, has no involvement in the game, and somebody scores a raker from 30 yards in the top corner, by the law of the law, technically the player is potentially offside, so the goal the goal's pulled back. In the spirit of the game, because it's a smashing goal against the stand, similarly offsides, if it's fractions of an inch... Mm. Again, no, because it's not in the spirit of the game to do that. So instead of policing the rules of the game, VAR starts to starts to judge on the spirit of the game and what is. I mean, it's, it's all, it all seems to be fucking. Well, that's good. So I think mm. if a goalkeeper scores, it could literally punch people on the way. Like you know, yeah, yeah. Like the length of part, elbows fly and <laughs> kick people. Does not matter. The spirit of the game is a goalkeeper must be allowed to. <laughs> a goalkeeper must be allowed to score because it's great value and it's entertaining. Because again, you're leaning into the idea that it is an entertainment to and a thing and a sport mm. and a thing to be fun. So VR, I mean, immediately fucking ditch it in the first place. Yeah. But if you must, then as it's in the spirit of Christmas, start managing the spirit of the game as opposed to yeah. managing the rules of the game. So really, I don't know what the R would be, but it would be the V and A would be value added something. That would be the thing. Value added, the vast system. Yes. So yes. The volume, value added, the volume added spirit system. Yep. Mm. Um, which I think is I think that's a much better way to look at it in any case. So yeah, um, bring in the spirit of the game laws. So it's good. Um, uh, my hot is actually a Christmas one as well. Just generally Christmas. I enjoy this period just before like forget all this cynicism. I actually quite like this period where folks start putting up their trees and it's now fine to put up trees and stuff and like there's some nice decorations in the kind of parks and everything else in the street I quite like it it's nice I don't have to listen to the, the like wham that much because I've got my headphones in whenever I'm in shops it's fine it's nice and everyone's like most folk are off on holiday unless you're working the retail sector in which case uh, uh, I can it's just awful but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, sorry. Well, it was bad enough for me not working in an office that had Radio 1 on, and you heard the same song like twice in a day. Mm. But for the. We, I was in a Poundland uh, a couple of weeks back, and like the, the album they had on was like nothing I've heard before. It was like that really awful Christmas music where it wasn't even 
like Wham or um, I keep we keep mentioning Wham. There is other songs like it. Yeah, but no, it was like that kind of stuff, and it was like just that kind of woman wafting on about sort of tinsel, and it was just like this. It was just sort of really awful, awful. Like it was like something from like an eighties, like straight to VHS film, but like a whole album's worth of it. It was like the worst possible music. Uh, so yeah, uh, condolences to anyone actually having to deal with that. Uh, I have a naughty, which is uh, it's, a, it's a perennial favourite here, uh, another green one, uh, which is using still images to prove moving actions. Just always good, mm. always yeah, really which, enjoyable. Which is also yep. VR related. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there's a haughty and there's a naughty about this. Again, still images prove absolutely nothing. Um, uh, in addition to that, using still images and other still images to counter that argument at the same time. Mm. And then a whole collective fan base deciding that, well, I've got evidence that actually it wasn't an offside because yeah. you can't see a foot here. I fucking, I have no idea what you're talking about. You, you've absolutely you, lost. I've you're lost also ruining the, film, uh, ruining the film JFK there. That's basically what JF, the, the film JFK and that whole thing's all about. So back into yeah. the left. <laughs> back into the left. Back into the left. <laughs> Excellent. Um, my naughty, um, which is also partly a haughty, is uh, BT Sport on this occasion because my, well, the haughty is that they did a. Uh, about a 500 hour mm. build up to the cup final <laughs> that like, yeah. Yeah. but the naughty is that they waited until it was an old firm final and so people mm. have you know we've, we've had oh, oh they really care about Scottish football so much more than Sky at the end of the day they've done exactly the same thing which is when it's Motherwell versus Celtic when it's Aberdeen versus Celtic mm. they give it an hour when it's Rangers versus Celtic it's like Everything grinds to a halt, and um, so and and that that coupled with our famous um, semi final preview um, from two years ago, um, <laughs> that's why they're my yeah. naughty. Can I say I don't give a shit about those anything pre match? I find completely boring. Like if and if they literally just cut to two minutes. In fact, sometimes an Alba do it or like the BBC Scotland channel, they cut to the game literally two minutes beforehand, like somebody says like one line about the game. And then they just get to it. Like that's fine. Like, I have absolutely honestly no interest in like six hours of people. You're right, the whole thing is obviously Rangers and Celtic. I wouldn't even watch it if it was like Aberdeen against Dundee United. I just I've got absolutely no interest in just Platitudes and kind of oh, it's going to be a really tough game and like the only bit that's interesting in that is like the the road to the final stuff where they just show the highlights of the games leading up to it. If they had the road to the final, then like thirty seconds of here are the pundits for the game and they went to the game. That would that would do for me. Let me tell you, Andy, you would love to live in somewhere like Australia and get the SPFL world feed because you put the game on and what you get is a camera behind the goal for about five minutes (laughs) with a screen with a screen that just tells you who the two teams are. Literally just recording like the fans streaming into the stadium. No voiceover. That's a dream. Then it basically cuts almost like about a split second before the game kicks off to whoever the commentator is for Sky or BT and then at half time you just get adverts for 15 minutes right. maybe if you're lucky like uh, some highlights with no commentary over right. the top like just a loop of the yeah, goals yeah. Kind of like doing premier back on the second yeah. half and then it's literally on the final whistle it fucks <laughs> off or in, or in the case of the Celtic versus Inverness um, Scottish Cup semi-final at the full time whistle after 90 minutes it fucked up oh, really? despite the game <laughs> <went to extreme. laughs> um, by the time I put it back on Inverness was the 2-1 up <laughs> <laughs> that's brutal uh, I, I, quite, I quite like that I do like the pundits at half time it's just the 60 hours of build up before just, just very briefly on that as well 
I found the option on uh, Premiere or oh, Prime yeah, Amazon, Video. Yeah, yeah. Amazon Prime Video. The option of muting Alan Shearer is unrivaled as a broadcasting mm. principle. As an opportunity to just mute people that you don't yeah. want to hear. Brilliant. See if you can even just mute individual people on the commentary as well. Because yeah. you've, you've got two microphones there. You could presumably mute one or the other. I quite happily listen to our commentator. I'm not listening to Alan mm. Shearer. When they've done it, whenever it's been like a World Cup game or something and they've just had the commentator, because for whatever reason, a pundit's not been able to get a cross-country to like, yeah, yeah. do a game, it's ten times better. Like Unless unless it's like like a McCoy's thing where it's somebody who genuinely adds something interesting or somebody who's yeah. like got a real insight like maybe Neville has in the past. It's totally irrelevant. Yeah, like, I just, uh, uh, the, the highlight I remember was the 2014 World Cup, 2010 World right. Cup semi-final. It was... Um, I'm going to say, yeah, it was, it was Germany, sorry, Germany, Spain, maybe, and it was 1 0 yeah, the game, yeah. and um, the co commentator was ill. Right. And so it was, I think, Jonathan Pierce doing it on his own. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of Jonathan Pierce necessarily, not since he's kind of mid 90s. Um, it's a killer lot yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was great. You're right, like yeah. just, just one guy just explaining yeah. what's going on. Just doing it, actually. If they're good enough. Yes. That's yeah. The, yeah, yeah, that's true. The, yeah. There is nothing worse than watching like some. Uh, Saturday night like Copa Libertadores that's game, true. and yeah. it's like a boy that's like like he's clearly doing it for his showreel and yeah, so he's yeah, like yeah. so he's like it's overly like yeah he's not just affected. talking about the game yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I've got one uh, naughty which is uh, the film Hobson Shaw now we've been meaning to do a Fast and the Furious deep dive yeah. for about two years now and we've never got around to it and this isn't the time to start uh, because we've got to talk about football or something but Hobson Shaw is a huge disappointment. I've watched it. I've not watched many films over the past five months because I have to watch things in like in half hour instalments. But I, I was really looking forward to seeing Hobbs and Shaw because I was like, love the Fast and Furious films. I enjoy The Rock. I enjoy Jason Statham. Like, how can we go wrong? And how do you go wrong? Because the script is rubbish. I mean, even by Fast and Furious standards. I thought it was. I will pants. leave you to that because we'll get onto that a different day. Because I actually, re- I thought it was absolutely sensational, Oof. stupid fun. Uh, my final hottie is just Duncan Ferguson. Uh, right. We've all yes. seen it, but yes. cuddling ball boys, throwing them about like they're empty crisp packets. Absolutely fantastic. I, I absolutely adored every single minute of them going absolutely taunting. The, the first time he lifted up the ball boy, I thought it was one of the subs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he had a, yeah, yeah, a bib yeah. on, and I was like, who is that midget on the bench yeah. for uh, and then, and then I think that might have been my lowest moment on the WhatsApp group with that joke about <laughs> Bernard's watch, which I instantly regretted. Uh, and then there was like tumbleweed for quite a long time afterwards until. That's like pretty much down. every time I post it or whatever. Right. Okie doke. So we will get on to some actual football action, um, as there was some this weekend. Um, we'll start with, I suppose, can obviously start with the Betfred Cup Finals, the first trophy of the season. And how in the name of anything did Rangers fail to win their, their first trophy the of, the, of the season? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm always speechless from the game. I was just, uh, a couple of my, my colleagues were at the game, both Rangers fans today, and, and both of them were oh, like, they didn't, they didn't really know what to say mm. about it. Like, uh, it just, they were, they were so, I wouldn't say good, they were so dominant. Yeah. Um, Celtic, I had misgivings about the Celtic lineup as soon as I saw it with the two fullbacks that they had playing with the, um, even though we can get we can get onto selection, Morgan playing through the middle, mm-hmm. he, he'd done well in um, the Europa League game against yeah. Rennes. He'd done well in a couple of league games against okay, um, not necessarily brilliant opposition. 
So it wasn't in itself that it was a problem. It was just that kind of, you know, it's like... Turn up at hand yeah. and you want your strongest to live yeah. in and it felt a big distance from that. The principle of two weaknesses, isn't it? Um play a lot of chess and that's what that's what they say the principle of two weaknesses when your opponents if your opponent's got one weakness you can kind of live with that but when your opponent's got two weaknesses that's what you exploit because they mm-hmm. can't defend them both at the same mm-hmm. time so they had shit fullback or not shit fullback but they had less than um, less than their best fullback yep. and they had nothing up front and Rangers just just played into both of those things yeah it was similar to the um, the game where Mikey Johnson started for yeah, Celtic at Ibrox which was just Callum McGregor at left back yes exactly you're right uh, and it was just that whole issue of the the ball would go forward in fact it got to the point where actually Celtic had no confidence in putting the ball forward because they knew it was just going to come back so what they ended up doing was trying to kind of keep possession but it, they were too slow at doing it and Rangers were good at pressing them and it just meant there was never anywhere for them to go the whole way through and as you say the, the full backs I, th- I thought he's a really poor game I mean he stuck at it but I thought he was he was poor the Fringpong was alright until the sending off but they didn't really have that out ball particularly either. I know he's and Fringpong are both capable Forrest of it but they didn't rotten. yeah Forrest was poor seems yeah. they've scored in the League Cup final almost every year up until now yeah. but he was, he was dreadful and uh, it was just that lack of. I mean, I think you said, well, we'll kind of come on to it, I guess, but you saw it when Edward, for about the 10 minutes that Edward was on and he was kind of fit, the difference it made having somebody who could occupy the two centre halves just made such a difference to Celtic being able to have a bit of confidence to get up the pitch, to kind of give it to somebody who might do something like, you know, when he won the, the free kick that led to the goal. Yeah. And just in that first hour, they just had. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, they, got, they, they, they were getting absolutely pummeled by Rangers um, with wave after a wave of attack. Um, Fraser Foster set out his stall early with. I find Fraser Foster a very odd goalkeeper because he seems to have the ability to. I know this is going to sound but stop shots. And what I mean is, like the Ryan Jack shot, which was heading for the corner, he doesn't bat it out, he doesn't bat it to the side. He seems to have the ability to just stick out his arm and his big paw and stop balls that drops mm-hmm. on the ground beside him. And he did that a couple of times throughout the game, and we've seen him do it a few times this season as well. And I've not seen a huge number of other goalkeepers that can do that as a whole. It just it, you generally bat it away, you put it out of the side, you put it over a corner. If you're Craig Sampson, you put it in the six yard box. <laughs> but if you're if, you, if you're Fraser Foster, you just stop the ball dead while in the air. Which seems like a, mm-hmm. a, an interesting skill to have. But again, he was it was an absolute colossus throughout the game for Celtic as yeah. well. Um, from that was the sort of first bit of action. The had a shaky one which went through his legs, but because it was his day, as it turned out, he got away with it. Um, and while Celtic, I thought, had very little going forward defensively, I thought they looked okay. There was, there was always bodies coming into cover. Everyone seemed very much that they were looking out for one another. And my overall feeling from the game is that Celtic are going to win another treble mm-hmm. this year because yeah. this is. Sunday was the, the dream scenario for any team turning up to play an old firm team at, at a cup final. Because you've got to have your best day and they've got to have a bad day. The last sort of three or four years, Celtic have been very, very good in cup finals. The Motherwell one, the Aberdeen one. While the, the Aberdeen one, they weren't as dominant as they have been in other games. In the Motherwell game, perhaps they weren't as dominant until Kipri was sent off as well. And the Aberdeen final before that as well, where they absolutely thumped them. They've been very, very good in those games and done more than enough to see it through. Um you saw it a little bit in the Scottish Cup final last year they didn't have a great start against Hearts but then when they had to turn it up they could and on Sunday they'd never really even got to the point where well, we need to turn it up here mm. it was just such a such a quick shift from being nothing each to 
goals and giving him a ludicrous free kick by just deciding, well, I'm going to see how I'm going to kick up Edward. It, 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 it felt mm-hmm. like he was trying to lay down a marker. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the marker he laid down was, I'm going to chuck the game, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. ultimately, um, yeah. But yeah, I I think Celtic are going to win, are going to win another treble this season because they're, are they going to have another day that's as bad as that and be as fortunate as that again? Probably yeah. not. Like, yeah, but then I, I think they've I think Rangers have shown that they can dominate games against Celtic. I mean, that's not the first time they've done it, and yeah. I think that's that. If you're a Rangers fan, that's probably the thing you take away that this isn't. It's, a, it's the first time it's mattered though. Yeah, being, being uh, dominant the last last season, they they, they won two games comfortably. Yeah. The first one, yeah, probably did matter. The second yeah. one, by that point, no. The, se- the second one didn't so much, but the f- the first one, there was still a lot yeah. riding on it at that point. And I think, and, e- and even the second one, that didn't. There's there's a mentality thing there that Rangers have gone. Well, we're going to take control of this game, and Celtic are going to get a a look in. And so I think if if you're going to take positives from it, Rangers have now done that three times to Celtic in uh, the space of a, a year, pretty much. Uh, and when was the last time you could say that for a Rangers team? I mean, you're right, I think Celtic will probably win the league and there's a more than good chance they'll win the, the Scottish Cup. But there's that, it, it's that, I think if we hadn't seen it before, the fact that Rangers would dominate for so long would have been a surprise. I think the fact we've actually seen it twice where that, that first uh, game at Ibrox uh, at the start of the year, kind of Christmas time, it was just so dominant from start to finish that game and you kept on expecting in that one Rangers are going to drop off surely they'll get tired surely Celtic will come into it and they never did and I think the same happened to a degree I think uh, Rangers were kind of demoralised a bit after the penalty miss and the fact Celtic actually managed to regroup after the sending off which You're was better than 10, better than 10, they were yeah and I think it helped in terms of maybe moving Ayer to right back and, and bring Beaton on but that would give you some confidence that you can do it again. I'm not convinced they'll go to Parkhead and win, but you think if the league is still in the balance next time they go to Ibrox, that they're still capable of that's the doing thing. it. If they, if they don't be, if they don't be Celtic at Parkhead, then the league possibly isn't in the balance because then you're looking at six points. Yeah, but uh, before, but, you, before yeah. you get to that game, but again, it's, it's, it's <clears throat> Lennon's Lennon's Celtic team are quite weird in that they do look really dominant a lot but when they're bad they're really really bad and that's the only thing that you can probably hope from from a Rangers point of view with regards to Celtic is that on the occasional time they they stink it up they, they, they totally stink it place yeah. so uh, in, in terms of the big decisions in the game obviously <clears throat> the it looks very much like Julian is offside uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's a funny one like I, I know you were mentioning these still yeah. images before but I was watching it back because when I watched the game, I was like, there's a Rangers player that disappears at one point. And I watched it back and I've been looking at, like, like forensically analysing this goal. And it's, like, been driving me mental because Hellander's there in one picture from behind the goal. You see him, he's, he's standing in front of Julian. And then you go through this, and you literally, you literally kind of see, you maybe see the wee corner of his head and... Motherwell's a lot of centre-halves similar to that. Like, they were there and then they just won the fucking... But it's strange. But the one thing from that is, from what you see from that is, Hellander is tight to Julian. You can see that from behind the goal. And yet, by the time the ball gets to Julian, there
I don't remember many people thinking it was offside live. It's not one like you go, oh, it was, it was, a it was definitely a decision, but, it, but ultimately it was. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they can, they can kind of count themselves hard done by. There was the, the one big decision before that, the alleged big decision, which was that Brown on. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think that was a penalty. I don't, I don't understand. It, it, it just wasn't. No, I didn't think it was a penalty at the time. I, I, was, I, was, I wasn't watching the telly, I was watching it, so I wasn't totally sure whether it was, again, one of those ones I was looking at going, could have been, don't know, watching it back. But but yeah, then so, so Celtic get the goal, and you think oh they'll, they'll try and see this out, and instead it was like kind of clown car stuff at the back, and it happened a couple of times. I think I think it was Ayer cleared it straight off Julian, and mm-hmm. then it ricocheted yeah. into the path. Now I felt the two centre halves were. I, I kind of agree with you that as a whole, as a unit, Celtic defended reasonably well with eleven v eleven, but they they did Grand Rangers a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when it went to 10 v 11, they defended much better because before that, there were these kind of moments, you know, it was Ayer and Julian, they just seemed seemed a bit slackle and usual and that was kind of a a sign of it. And then um, Frimpong is in some ways just caught out. He's not, it's not even, you won't even really say it was a mistake by him. It's just because your defender's clearing the ball. You're not really expecting that to happen. Um, And... It was, a, it was a pen, it was a red card, even if even if he didn't think so. No, uh, yeah, it, it, it seems entirely fair. Then obviously Morales misses a penalty, which was absolutely terrible after uh, Gerard said that Morales was the designated penalty taker. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not buying it either. No? I'm no. Not, I'm not, the, the way Tavernier, it almost looked like he presented the he ball did, to Morales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was misjudged from <clears> which, Tavernier. Which felt a big, like, here's a big drama bit. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. Just yeah. fucking take the ball yeah. Given the game Morelos had been having, which I, I actually think Morelos played well as a footballer, just not as a striker. Mm-hmm. Like he terrorised the defenders yeah. up until he got yeah. in front of goal, which has been a, a kind of common story with him. But um, the game he'd been having, like if he is taking the penalty, just let it all be quiet. Don't make a big don't make a show yeah. of this guy. <laughs> this is such a big moment. This it's almost like putting into Morelos. He said, "By the way, this is a big moment for you." And it's it's passing from Tavernier though. Like he's the captain. He's taking the penalties, and and yeah, yeah, maybe he's missed a couple, but he's a good penalty taker. He's he's shown that. I mean, we just get a lot of penalties, and he's scored a lot of penalties. So the guy um, should be if. In some ways, it should be taken it in the big moment. You're the captain, and and it was un uncaptainly. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've never been a big believer of, of captains having <clears> such <throat> a, an overwhelming effect on most teams. And in some, there are obviously some exceptions. You have huge characters that carry your team. Um, but you, if you've only got the one captain in your team, anyway, you're fucked in the first place because yeah. you need guys yeah. that need the big mentality. You need to have that, and that that's absolutely screaming loser. See if. Uh, with hindsight, I mean, with hindsight, he should have taken it, but in the time given the game that he was having, and given the fact that Tavernier's missed a few penalties, which is presumably why there was a bit of debate as to who was going to take it, as a Rangers player, one of the more senior ones, maybe like Arfield or somebody, do you go, I'm going to. Actually, I'm going to take this, or does, or does, is there something that you do to say, look, you're not taking this penalty because you're a hundred percent going to miss it? Like, there's, there's, I mean, someone like Arsenal taking penalties in his yeah, career. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I'm sure I remember him even taking them all the way back from when he played for Falkirk. Yeah. Um, he feels like a, I'm sure he is a penalty taker. And Barisic, another guy, yeah, you just yeah, think yeah. you smash a ball. He's just, and he's he's quite nerveless. Um, yeah. And in whereas Morelos, for all that, I, I I'm an enormous fan of his. 
he is a temperamental player yes. and yeah. temperamental players he, he do was, things like that yeah. it was either going straight to the top corner with like an absolute shot yeah. or exactly what I, thought, gonna, I thought it was going to go 40 yards over the bar that was my uh, style but yeah. um, that was my prediction as well and then I was enormously impressed in, in the way that Celtic managed the game forward yeah. and that down to 10 men and you're looking at the clock going it's best about half an hour here yeah. difficult thing to do and they just and then the next time I looked at the clock, it was like eighty-two minutes. It just for twenty that sort of twenty-minute period, Celtic just chewed up the clock, slowed mm. down the game. All the, all the kind of fake injuries and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, th- I, th- I think sorry, Craig. I think they also there was an element of well, we don't need to even pretend to look like we're scoring. I mean, I think in that period for the first hour where they were getting hammered, they're kind of caught in that no man's land between needing to defend because yeah. they're under so much of the cost but also realising that they still have to try and score a goal at the other end whereas as soon as they scored it was a case especially after they lost the penalty it was just a case of right if we get a breakaway like they did with the Edward uh, into Johnson one great but if we don't you know what it doesn't matter just get everyone behind the, the ball and make it as hard as possible it, it kind of uh, sometimes when you send us off any of the complexity just kind of comes out of it and they're just like it's yeah. just re- reverse to uh, a simple it's, thing it's sometimes that's what people need just clarity of thought yeah. you don't yeah. worry about it and I'm just, I'm just defending I never yeah. have one job yeah. to do rather than anything else so let's just, let's just keep it as simple as we possibly uh, can I think, I think Gerard's uh, substitutions didn't work at all no. Bar- Barker um, Barker didn't influence the game in the slightest Defoe didn't influence the game in the Bill slightest touched the ball. No. Um, so the, they, they were kind of missteps and especially I think he took Kamara off first is that right um, yeah. Kamara was on a booking um, and, and he's obviously not necessarily an attacking player but they lost the midfield a wee bit and, mm-hmm. and Brown was able to get on the ball a bit more and McGregor was able to get on the ball a bit more and it just let those players kind of yeah. be in the game yeah. and, and it just yeah so that that kind of felt bad but I, for all the saves that Foster did make I don't remember him making many big ones after it was 1-0 no, the, pen- no. the penalty accepted yeah. anyway so we'll go on to the rest of the weekend's action um We'll start at uh, Livingston. Do we who, have to? Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> um, big win, big winners this weekend. After after just uh, just about playing themselves back into form, came out and absolutely uh, thumped the Lesios come on. Like, yeah, they were they were really good. Livingston. Um, it, it was yeah. I mean, I've I've always been a big kind of fan of their team and what they do, but it's obviously not really been working for them recently. But they um, from from the start of the game, they controlled it. Um, Dykes, uh, up for the first, first time I think I've actually seen him play in, in the flesh that I know of anyway, um, and he, he was fantastic. He reminded me a lot of um, sort of Stephen Naismith, but with physicality, mm-hmm. and so that that's a good combination yeah. to have. He's aggressive, he's um, he runs the channels, but he also is a dick, and he puts himself about <laughs> in like really awkward and annoying ways. Mm-hmm. Our centre halves, while he didn't force a mistake out of them, every single time Brunescu or Bruce or Del Fabro had the ball, he was running at them. Just making them think, making them, you know, not giving them the chance to pass yeah, it into yeah, the yeah. midfield. Just those little things that don't seem like much, but they just add up into disrupting the flow of another mm-hmm. team. And if we're talking about um, Stephen Naismith being injury prone and you're looking at who's going to lead the line for Scotland and he's now coming out and said that he, he offers a lot of what Scotland won yeah. from a centre forward. He's selfless. He's pretty selfless. Yeah, I mean, that, you saw that at Queens when he. I mean, Dobby was obviously the main man there, but a lot of uh, what helped with Dobby is that Dykes could occupy the centre half as well. So it would give Dobby a bit more space to kind of 
you could you could you could imagine when you're you're playing Dobby that your main tactic is to focus all your efforts on Dobby, but 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 Dykes Dykes kind of makes it difficult for defenders to do that, yeah. and he, he wasn't so bothered, you know, if he scored great, but it didn't, it yeah. wasn't the the biggest part of his game necessarily, um, and yeah, you can see that, and it's the same with Livingston that he's, he's a smart player, he's not he's not a hugely greedy player, he'll he'll kind of work for the team and. Do what he needs to do. Yeah, it was, it's only six goals for the season, yeah. which is not like. Oh, I know it's far from the league. Probably more. I don't know. I, I don't know the facts. It feels like it's more than any Liverpool player scored last season in the whole season. Well, how could uh, how, 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 how <laughs> go like ten or <laughs> something from certain um, But apart from that as well, I mean the back the back four was fine. Aaron Taylor Sinclair was playing, and I, I'd like to um, I'd like to um, say Craig Fowler he, um, in the Patreon from the last time was getting slagged for not recognising him. I knew he was playing. And he didn't. He didn't look like Aaron Taylor Sinclair. Like, like he was much whiter than I remembered, apart from anything. Like, but, but apparently it was him, and he, and he, he had a, a decent game. So, um, for for those for Tony that was asking, he looked all right. Um, but yeah. you, uh, you have a bit of an issue with Brunescu, don't you? Uh, based yeah, on your yeah. based on the WhatsApp group. But the problem with Brunescu is like he doesn't. The defenders don't trust him because. Well, twice in the last three games, he's come. Or sorry, the two, three games before that, St Johnston and two weeks ago, his Hearts, he's came out and just completely cleaned out Gary Dicker at a set piece, <laughs> like completely just punched all the way through him. And the defenders are are not clear what's happening. But then other times, and we saw every single ball that Levy put in. And remember, Levy are a big team. Levy mm. a team that are a threat from set pieces. You want your goalkeeper to come out and command this area, and he didn't. And you saw those chances, and he was he was getting talked up for making good saves, and he didn't make good saves. But those saves came because. He, he was standing on his line from a corner when it's coming to his six-yard box, and you see yeah. that for definitely the the first goal. Yeah. That that ball's in the six-yard box, and he's rooted on his line, yeah. and it's not what you want from a goalkeeper. And and on top of that, his distribution was was atrocious. Another couple of chances, the the one where um, he made a good save with his feet from Wallace, I think it was in the first half, came directly from him kicking the ball into the wind, not thinking about the wind. Being high in air and like spinning back towards him. As they, as they said, I was on SNS this, uh, today looking for pictures, and I would say just about every game looked as miserable yeah, a game as the most yeah, miserable yeah, a game yeah. as I've seen in a year or so. It just looked absolutely dire everywhere. And and Kelly have got, I mean, signed this guy Koprovec, who's a Slovenian international. Now he could be the Slovenian Jordan Archer. We don't know, <laughs> but it seems like he's worth a go. Um, Do you think he will get a, a shot fairly soon now? It's hard to tell, to be honest. Yeah. But I, I, the the defenders, the centre half, don't trust no. Manesco. That's pretty clear. Um, but but all in all, to be honest, I'm singling him out because I I think he's a problem with the team. But nobody played well, um, and literally everything everything that could go badly did, just did. Um, Liam Miller just didn't affect the game. He, he doesn't do enough for me. Um, Mackenzie was, was fairly decent he was probably about the best player the centre has to be okay Bruce is far too slow you, you really notice the difference between him and Finlay um, Hamilton probably won his poorest game so Donald was, was alright um, yeah, and then Alan Powers had two really stinking games in a row um, that, that midfield three works in certain games but when we're playing against teams who are like us you need someone different, and and that's why you see the, the teams that have played play like Kelly. So you're looking at um, Aberdeen, St Johnston, um, 
I think it's in yeah. kind of that style of football I've had joy against us because mm-hmm. we can't break our own system down. <laughs> um, but but what I, I wanted to kind of focus on on Livingston uh, generally. Um, the the midfield three I thought was tremendous. Um, Bartley was um, was the best midfielder on the park in that particular he, game. The guy is absolutely unreal, given that he keeps highlighting that my career's winding down. I, I mean, maybe it is, but you you look as you look more of a Premiership player. Right He's now, better there than I first remember yeah, the Hibs. Yeah, um, and he was playing. Uh, Sybil was playing deep next to him, um, and Sybil had a really great game. Uh, Sybil's a player that's obviously been a lot of hype about mm-hmm. forever. I, has always seemed like a decent player, yeah. but has never really kicked on from where we saw him at Falkirk. Um, and, and and I kind of wondered if his time would be up because it never, he never, it kind of the same at Falkirk. Yeah, sorry, Levy never really bust his way in. And then Pittman being back and Pittman was in. He, he didn't influence the game as much as the other two, but he's just he's running and behind and all yeah. that just just annoys you. Um, so yeah, they they I thought I thought they were very good. As I say, I, I'm a big admirer of what they do. Kelly, this this transfer window can't come soon enough. Um, as I said, I think it's a, a miracle from both the players and, and from the manager that we are where we are with the squad we have because uh, we were talking about this at the game on Saturday basically since Greg Stewart left almost a year ago we've been winning games on sheer willpower mm, and nothing yeah. else there's no like there's, there's not a lot of quality in the squad what there is is just a lot of brilliant attitude yeah. but you're going to go through spells like this we, we went through it in sort of February, March last year and then we, we managed to kind of Arrest this league. Uh, yeah. Win the games into the end of the season. We need the same again. James Fowler's come in as um, director of football or whatever, whatever it is, and he's kind of responsible for recruitment. They need to get it right. There should be budget there to play with because we've sold Greg Taylor for like two million quid. There's no way the players came, that came in cost as much as the ones that left. <laughs> so there should be lots of money there to play with, and it's just getting the decisions right. And I think it, I think it is a big window. I, I think we'll probably finish top six, but if we get the window right, we can still challenge, and if we don't, we'll, we'll be we'll be in amongst Livingston and Ross County, probably. I Livingston look like they've come through a sort of they, they they've had a fairly sticky spell, which looks worse than I think it is because their whole series of just a horrible run of fixtures um, and a horrible collection of injuries as well, because their squad is so very thin as well. But you you're seeing like Lithgow coming back in as well, and it just he's such a big part of that defence as well, and it allows that gives you the flexibility for Lamy plays as well, so. Potentially things looking up for Livingston as well there. Uh, we'll head off to Firth Park where we saw a couple of my favourite moments of the season so far in a in a in a one nothing win for Motherwell. Um Jermaine Hilton absolutely terrorising uh fullbacks once again, which was more than anything very good fun to watch. <laughs> um and yeah, Motherwell, Motherwell did okay, did just about enough to get themselves through the game. Hearts were a wee bit better than I expected. Didn't really offer a huge amount as well, but uh, we saw Hilton absolutely destroying the hearts. I think it was Halkett he would just disappear well, past. I have, I have big issues with Jamie Brandon for that goal. Not, I mean, first of all, he's the right back and that's in the right back position and Halkett's out there. Now, I don't know what happened before, so it's not necessarily his fault because he may have been up the park, whatever. Yeah. But well, Hearts are playing a back three as well, so there's, there's, so there's, yeah, yeah, there's what, a yeah. What you see is Brandon as a defender jogging back and behind Halkett and he just has no awareness of the danger which is um, is, is criminal for me uh, not to take away from yeah. the good play uh, it, was, it was smashing play from Hilton and again the, the finish from Long Long's a funny one because he continually looks like he might be absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. but then seems to just disappear at games for wee bits and pieces at a time um, but yeah a bit of a funny one there um, but broadly we were just quite it, it felt like a professional performance 
as well as said, hearts were better. There were elements of hearts which, again, you continue to look at and watch. Like, who the fuck is making like any decision here? Like having uh, Halkett, or sorry, having Berra on the left hand side of a back three, he's miles off of it. Like he just he looks he, he looks like a you've dropped in one of your mates who's tall because you need a body at Sunday league at the weekend. He, he's just he needs time out of the team because he's either not fit or he has actually just finished um, and he's trying to get him one way or another there were three there were a bunch of times in the game where he just looked he was just beginning to just look daft more than anything else um, so he did have the, the sort of gentlest bit of sympathy for him but in, in terms of great moments in the game obviously Hilton's nutmeg was good uh, very little was as good as Liam Donnelly's booking of the season um, hearts breaking from a, Connolly, from a corner after maybe 20 minutes to go Donnelly sprinting to catch up with Mulraney and just taking him down with no hesitation on the halfway line which I've got all the time in the world for uh, Jake Mulraney uh, swearing uh, directly at the referee and got himself put off um, the best moment I think followed that however when Mulraney really kept the ball down in the corner for what felt like about 15 minutes um, Hearts finally got a free kick um, players charging forward ready to go and Joel Pereira just lashed the, the free kick straight out of play which was you just you heard like the echo of just like loads and loads of seats folding <laughs> up as the Hearts fans all fucked off at that point which was very very good fun um, about his professional performance from Motherwell as as we've seen all season really in what's been a very good week um, and, and we've scored 8 goals taken 9 points and not conceded anything yeah. which at the start of the week, I thought we might get maybe six, seven points out of the week to end up with nine and go back into third place comfortably in the end in all three games, sort of sluggish in the 20, first 20 minutes of every game, but then playing ourselves into the game, whereas last year we'd maybe be better in the first 20 minutes and then drop out of the game. We're winning games. I, I really can't possibly complain about it at all. What do you make of the red card? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, that must happen about five times a game in terms of uh, somebody telling a referee to fuck off. Like, it must happen. And uh, that was it, wasn't it? That was purely yeah. it, wasn't see, it? See, see, Matt, what I reckon is there's, like, there's two different types of fuck yeah. off. There's like... Oh, I see, did, yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, so it's, it's almost like if the referee says, oh, I, I gave that... Why, mm-hmm. Or why'd you give that decision? Mm-hmm. If, oh, I thought he filled him, oh, fuck off. It's yeah, more like yeah. a... It's like oh, yourself, yeah, 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 We'll maybe find out differently in a, a couple of months uh, once Dendos had a chance to have a look at them. But I, I still, I'm not convinced this Hearts team is actually good. I think they're still playing below the well, level they that they be, are, yeah. but I'm not convinced there's enough players there that they're going to be especially great, even with. Well, the new was good. Machino was quite good. Claire was absolutely anonymous. Yeah. Walker was absolutely anonymous. Mourinho was pointless until he got himself put off. Uh, Halkett doesn't look quite fit yet because no. he's doing he's just doing daft things like getting himself overcommitted into situations which again last season he just didn't do but then, but then last season he was in a um, defence that all yeah. three of them knew what they were doing and didn't have Christoph Berra alongside them like, I think that's the it just, it just feels a case of like saying right this is the system we're going to play this is the role you've mm-hmm. got 
I can't do that. No. Like I, I don't know how to play that role, and it's 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 probably fine to do that. Like what Kilmarnock have done is look at the players you've got, and you're getting an awful lot. It's it's the yeah. opposite of Kilmarnock, and yeah. you're getting an awful lot out of players through organisation and playing to everybody's individual strengths. Yeah. Like get the fullbacks. We've got quick fullbacks, so what we'll do we'll get them to hurtle up and down the lines because we've got those players to do it. Whereas Hearts, you're going right. We've got. What have we got, right? So we've got this. So what we're going to play is we're, we're going to play football from the we're going to play football with a high line. But I'm Christoph Berra and I've got mm. absolutely no legs. It'll be fine. The system will work because the system's what's important. There's no, there's no pace in that. No, I, I, I'm not even giving us they have a system. That's the thing they've got because Mulroney's the only one with any pace and he can't deliver a final ball. I I, I don't know what they're supposed to do, and that's why I, I, I'm not convinced this team's good. There, there's individual people in that team are good, but as a as yeah. a squad. That is not a well balanced, like well built squad. It's a it's a collection of people. Some of who are playing below their level. Some who are playing at their level. And some are playing probably still above <laughs> above their level. It, but it, it's just a kind of general collection. There is no sense of what we're doing. So so the fact that they've finally got a new manager in, it's going to be interesting to see. I have absolutely no idea who this guy is or how he plays football. But and I, I'm already against them because the fact Hearts announced it just as I was leaving the office or about to leave the office on uh, Saturday so I'm already the, kind of against them the but op- the optics of appointing a manager at 6 o'clock yeah. immediately after you get beat are not good especially when he, he's obviously not first choice Like, and then when you use that opportunity to ta- have a go yes, at, have a go was, at Hibs in your statement yeah. as well the team that appointed a manager that's doing quite well and the, 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 you yeah, that, had, that, was, yeah. that was very Jim Trainer I have to say yeah, yeah, you yeah, had yeah, one staff yeah. 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 but instead them for reasons and now you've got John Daly um, that's worked <laughs> really well on the whole yeah, but, but it's this I mean they, they've had they interviewed a bunch of people and then bring someone else in it's, it's kind of got shades of Heckenbottom when he was <laughs> not first choice at Hibs and maybe Wack, wacky good, character yeah, but yeah, maybe he'll yeah, be a good yeah, manager yeah. from the sounds of things he really loved him at Barnsley right. um, but they, they like Heckenbottom as well. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll, there'll, be a, there'll be a plane above Gorgate soon enough yeah. uh, so we'll head to the I was about to call it the Hope CBD, but it's not even that. It's the Fountain Youth. I'm not even sure it is the Fountain Youth Stadium either. Uh, I think it is. I think Gary it's the Fountain change the Is it again? Might possibly So we'll go to Hamilton. Um, sponsor, we'll go to Hamilton. <laughs> um, who were defeated by St Mirren as Cammy McPherson thumped one yeah. in as well. That was a technique. Yeah. Hamilton. Are in serious trouble. You know that thing they even mentioned that in sports sign before. How serious trouble is I know, I know, I know, I know. But but they mentioned it in sports sign before the game about you know Hamilton. You know every five or six games Hamilton will pick up a result and they'll they'll get a win. That's ten games now. Like that's that's more than even by normal Hamilton kind of poor run of form standards go. And the fact that I mean probably yes they will win the next time they play. Regardless of, I don't even know who they're playing, but regardless of who they're playing, I'm sure they'll get three points next time. But they were, it looked comprehensively outplayed by a St. Mirren team who were kind of dismal midweek yeah. and have looked pretty moribund for, for quite a long period of time. The the difference seemed to be the. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first time that was been used in the terrace. It's on another podcast, they mentioned, they mentioned that in reference to a number of American football teams and it stuck in my head because they mentioned it for about half the league. So, uh, um, so yeah. <laughs> no, it's alright, I was just going to no, say. It's discombobulated. <laughs> It's a nice one, isn't it? It's been a long time since I heard it as well. Uh, And it's obviously stuck in my head. Um, 
they definitely seem to be for submitting the fact they had uh, Marais up there with Ibika. So midweek, some men and fans were kind of complaining that they didn't create anything. And it didn't really matter who was up front because nobody was creating anything from the middle. But the game at the weekend, they, those two pretty much seem to be creating stuff for themselves. Having the two of them playing off against each other and being able to stretch and, and pressure the Hamilton defence and just basically kind of long balls up to them or, or them running at the defenders seem to be enough to unsettle Hamilton and well they missed quite a lot of chances and you wouldn't be convinced they're going to go on a goal scoring spree anytime soon at least against a kind of poor team they showed that they've got something they can that's, do that's their first away win of the season yes. yeah. first away yeah. points yeah. of the season and great news for Renfrewshire food banks as well um, with uh, the Black and White Army pledge, so every point that Black and every point that St Mirren gain over the month of December, a whole collection of St Mirren fans have pledged that they will give X amount of money yeah. for each point gained. So really, I did actually feel vaguely guilty about cuffing St Mirren <laughs> in midweek. It could have been could... better it for points they gave away. Yeah, no, yeah, I was going to say it could be quite a mean gesture if they gave away <laughs> no points in December. And December just goes terribly. <laughs> <laughs> ends up ends up looking like a I've seen it all over twist or something yeah. like that. But uh, yeah, and again, it's sort of double hit for for Aki's as well as we saw Alex Gogic get sent off absolutely rightfully so as well. Um, which again, he's been a he's been a Craig Fuller favourite and, and a big performer for them as well. I, I hate just to, to go behind the scenes on Alex Gogic a wee bit. I hate Alex Gogic because Fowler used him for the TV show. I could not find a single clip of Alex. It took me about two hours to find a clip of Alex Gogic doing. Anything. I genuinely didn't seem to do anything at all in any game. So for that reason, I hate Alex Gorgich. But he's a nice guy. Entirely reasonable. <laughs> um, we will be back to talk about Hibernian against Aberdeen just after this. Hi, it's Fowler here with a quick break to tell you about Beer 52. It's always nice when you're watching a mediocre to crap football game in front of the TV to knock back a couple of beers while doing so. Well, thanks to our friends at Beer52, you have the opportunity to sip eight free exclusive craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash terrace and cover just 4 95 for the postage. What's more, listeners of the terrace get two extra free beers, so that's a total of 10 beers. Beer52 traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Norway, South Africa, California, Finland and many more. The beauty of Beer 52 is that they don't hold you to ransom. There's no lock-in and you can leave at any time. Your first box will be sent to you the next day. Just go to beer52.com forward slash terrace to get your first case of 8 beers for free and don't forget, the terrace listeners get an extra 2 unmissable free beers. That's beer52.com forward slash terrace. Seeing if it's that fucking advert about the woman's uh, grandmother. Uh, so. Did you listen to that? <laughs> anyway, Hibernia uh, against Aberdeen. As I know, I'm, I know I'm, I'm completely kind of screwing up the, the structure of the podcast, but that fucking grandmother, Jesus Christ. She's awful. She's the woman naughty. Anyway, <laughs> it's just Aberdeen, Aberdeen and McInnes ball rolled into Hibernian and then left after getting an absolute shoeing. Mm. Uh, good. Yeah, Hibs, um, Hibs were flying. Um, they had, they've been playing well pretty much since Ross came in, but chucking games away for the last two they did, but, but this time yeah, probably helped by the fact that Aberdeen probably had played for about 10 hours and not scored. Um, yeah. uh, probably... 
helped them somewhat. You can see there from Hibs, like, they've got just now got their players playing in a shape that works for them. It's quite yeah. quite um, quite a lot of attackers in the team mm-hmm. compared to Aberdeen, who is just packed with defenders. So it kind of it kind of works out for them. You feel like Hibs under Ross will probably take a couple of shoons where they'll get beat four or five nil because they're they've not got that many defensive players out, out there. Yeah. But when it clicks, it's going to look it's going to be an awful lot. Which again is taking you back to more Neil Lennon's Hibs, yeah. and that's the he was making the use of those players in the way that they have. And again, it's not even like there's a, a, a huge turnaround in terms of the players that are being selected by Ross as they were under Heckenbottom. It's just actually giving them what appears to be a clearness in terms of what to do. And in the case of Scott Allen, a bit of freedom. And just let him go and play passes. Mm. Don't stick him out in the wing. Let him pick up the ball in midfield and run around until he can find an angle to put a pass in. And that's what he did for two of the three goals yeah. as well. Ridiculous. Yeah, and that first pass, the pass for the first goal was watching watching that in the highlights is so funny because you know exactly mm. what you, you, because it's in the highlights you know what's going to happen and you just see it you see the fullback and you're like, why aren't you it's Martin Boyle why aren't you at least three up no as a goal as a goal <laughs> and I get I am absolutely delighted for Martin Boyle he seems like a, a terrific guy and to have gone through what he's gone over the last sort of year or so um, and then getting. Another knee injury in Elgin, which it was early days of the season. You're sitting watching the Betfred Cup, going, "This is brilliant early football." I see Martin Boyle go down. This isn't. Oh, it was it was heartbreaking at the time, and yeah, delighted to see him back. Um, and good news for Australia as well. Yeah, well he's, mm-hmm. uh, he's I presume he's due another call up in the next He's apparently awaited to play against uh, Lionel Messi in the summer because Australia are in the Copa America, of course. Right. Um, why wouldn't they be? Australia <laughs> like um, and Eurovision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, we we I don't know if the SFA have made representations, but we took football to South America. So Jesus Christ, if we can't get into the uh-huh. Euros or whatever, get us into Copa America. <laughs> Jesus Christ, they're invited to invite anyone. Um, but yeah, apparently they're in the same group as uh, as Argentina, so we may well right. play against Messi, which will be fantastic. Yeah, um, um, yeah Aberdeen. Just like there's again moribund, moribund. Scott McKenna again just looks. He needs. Yeah, he definitely yeah. needs to be out of Aberdeen yeah. immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it feels like one of those times when the player is. It's just. It's just finished with a club. Yeah. It's just. It's not his fault. It's not their fault. It's. Just, it's just you it's see reached the end of the road. Yeah. yeah, and they come and they come back and all of a sudden they go somewhere else and it's like a new lease of life and they're like fine. But just everything he did. I mean, so it was the, sort of thing, the yeah. chance before um, in the first half before Hibs scored when he, he he just kicked the ball straight yeah. straight to when like like eighteen yards out. It's like what what mm. and what world is that defending and for the guy, a guy who his distribution really seemed to be improving last season. He, he was looking yeah. every inch. I mean, I mean, okay. He was probably when the, the bids came in, it was riding on the high of like the Harry Maguire kind of. He had he he had been a big, huge centre half, and and McKenna looked a bit like him vaguely mm. in the style. And you think, right, there's something there, yeah. yeah. But but yeah, he's just it's just not happening. You, you worry it's going to go the Mark Reynolds way when when Mark um, um, turned in a million pounds from Rangers, and then mm. he, it just never happened again. Yeah. But yeah, the, but. I know that I would. Well, I was going to say the Aberdeen team worked against Rangers, but it didn't even. They, they, I wasn't. I was watching. I was at Aberdeen, change, but yeah. they got pummeled, and then they had yeah. to make changes, and then they just set them out to do the same again. Yeah. And it's. Yeah, and it was an, another episode in the. What is the point of James Wilson? I, 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 I was about to say. See the flip side. Like you, you watch Scott Allen under Heckenbottom be like, this just isn't going to work. Mm. You can't fit this guy in this team. What are you going to do? And you look at Wilson, and he clearly has. 
something there. Mm. He's clearly a decent footballer one way or another. So you're looking at the rest of Aberdeen's midfielders and going, right, I mean, Lewis Ferguson is a very good midfielder, but he's not going to win games for you. James Wilson potentially, give him, figure out a way yeah. to make him the focal point of the team and see if you can do that. Yeah, because yeah, so they kind of humped him out to the out wide and he just doesn't look well, like we've tried, that for, we've, we've tried nothing nope. and it's, it's just not doing yeah. anything for us. So what else, what other choices have we got here? I know. On that positive note, uh, we're going to finish off. We are uh, off to record the, the Patreon for Craig and I. Continue our slog through what are we eighty to seventy one on the, the ninety nine Scotland players capped this decade, um, which the, the deeper it goes into, the the more and more I regret to agree. Yeah, to yeah I, I, I was compiling my whole list earlier, and I'm like, there's players in the forties and fifties, and I'm like, how can they? Be? We've still got episodes and episodes of this to do, so please listen to it. Do listen yeah. to it. It's, it's certainly it's absolutely going to get worse before it gets better. But it's, you want to be whole, they want to be there for the whole ride, so you can sign up to that at patreon.com slash terrace podcast um, the guys will be back on Thursday I believe Tony Anderson is hosting some sort of nonsense um, so I'm sure that will be Tony Anderson I don't so yes please do please do uh, tune in and get in touch with us if you think we talk shit that'd be grand thanks Craig thanks thanks Andy thank you thanks Graham Sports Social Podcast Network with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.